Hi everyone, uh, this is Mark and this is the Mark Hastings Experience and uh, in this podcast uh, I'm going to be talking about everything from poetry to films to uh, TV shows to books and about uh, anything and everything that inspires me and uh, I hope you like what you hear. Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to the episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking about one of my favourite films. Um, It's a favourite film of mine uh, that I've been watching since I was a kid. Uh, It's a film that I uh, think about, look back on, and I enjoy every time that I get the opportunity to to watch it. uh, Because it has a a very... uh, wonderful and very beautiful message uh so i believe um and the film that i'm talking about today is the 1985 american science fiction comedy drama film directed by ron howard cocoon and uh if you're not familiar with the the film cocoon uh it revolves around a group of elderly people uh who uh uh, all live uh, either in a retirement home or within a retirement uh, community, um, and they uh, become aware of the existence of extraterrestrials. And the extraterrestrials um, that uh, they encounter are called Antarians. And right at the beginning of the film, uh, there is a there is a sequence where uh, we we see the the starlit uh, blackness of space, and then the camera moves down, and it comes down into and through Earth's atmosphere uh, onto Earth, and we see that a light, a bright light from above, is seemingly scanning the world's oceans. Um, in search of something and they um, and because they are because of the attention that this light is focusing on the oceans that it uh, it uh, brings the attention of other marine um, uh, mammals such as dolphins Um, and uh, then following this this scene this teaser uh, we get introduced to um, the the members of the retirement community and those that live at the uh, retirement home, uh, which is set in Saint Petersburg in Florida, uh, which is where, in fact, the the film was shot uh, on location in Saint Petersburg in Florida. Um, and uh, right off the bat, I just want to say, I just want to mention the the soundtrack, uh, the the score. To the film, uh, which was composed by the great, the late great James Horner, uh, who was, in my opinion, one of the greatest composers of film scores ever. Uh, he's right up there with John Williams. Um, he's uh, so incredible. He was such an incredible film composer. Uh, he composed the films um, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Um, 
he worked with so many directors. Um, uh, he, oh, the, he composed the, the soundtrack to Aliens, Batteries Not Included, Willow, um, Glory, Field of Dreams, and um, others, other films including An American Tale, The Land Before Time, The Rocketeer, um, Mighty Joe Young, Jumanji, Casper, uh, James Cameron's Titanic. I mean, this this man, uh, Bicentennial Man, he was an absolutely incredible composer. And uh, his music in Cocoon is, in my opinion, one of the most iconic soundtracks in in, in any film that I've ever I've ever seen or ever heard because. It's so beautiful, and I've heard the score, bits and pieces of the score from Cocoon uh, being used in trailers for other films, and it really does conjure up um, a great feeling of nostalgia for me. Mainly because, as I say, I used to watch Cocoon over and over again as a kid, uh, but it is such a beautiful score, one that um, brings a tear to your your eye, actually. Um, It does for me. Every time I hear it, there are some um, pieces in in the score that are just so beautiful, so moving, um, and um, yeah, James Horner was an incredible composer. But unfortunately, um, he died back in two thousand and fifteen um, at the age of sixty one um, in um, a, a private uh, aircraft crash, um, and oh. What what a loss! What a loss! Um, such an incredible um, composer. And I just wanted to say that off the bat, um, he's, you know, there are so many great composers of film scores and of, of music, such as, you know, John Williams, um, Hans Zimmer, just to name a couple. But James Horner is one of the best, uh, and I've been listening to his film scores since I was a kid. And I um, just want to say uh, such an incredible loss. And um, the score for Cocoon is one of his best, one of the most beautiful. And uh, it's a great testament to what an incredible composer he was. But back to the film. Um, so as I said, that the film is set and was shot on location in St. Petersburg, Florida. And uh, revolves around this group of elderly uh, people. Uh, mainly uh, that of uh, the character Art uh, Selwyn who's played by Don uh, Amench um, Ben Luckett who's played by Wilford uh, Brimley Joe Finley who's played by Hume uh, Cronin uh, and um, also their, uh, their partners in, in the film uh, Mary Luckett is played by Maureen Stapleton. Alma Finley, the character Alma Finley, is played by the great Jessica Tandy. Uh, Bess uh, McCarthy is played by Gwen uh, Verdon. Um, and there are so many other uh, actors um, who appear in the film who are great. And I'll uh, come to them when uh, we get to uh, talking about their, uh, their roles in the film. But as I was saying, um, the film also deals with extraterrestrials. 
uh, aliens and their, inter their interactions with these elderly people. And this comes because uh, three members of the um, retirement community, Art Selwyn, Ben Luckett and Joe Finley, uh, regularly uh, go to a nearby uh, private uh, house which is, uh, has been uh, vacant for uh, uh, a long time, uh, which has its own uh, pool there, its own huge pool house there. So seeing as they don't want to um, uh, let it go to waste, and the water is always, um, always uh, purified and ready to, uh, to swim in. Um, Joe, um, Ben and Art uh, take the opportunity whenever they can to sneak in through the, the iron gate that surrounds the, the, the private property and go into the pool house and enjoy as much of their time as they can um, swimming. And uh, this is something that this is an activity that they look forward to uh, a lot. Um, however, uh, the character of uh, Joe Finley uh, is um, has been to the doctor and um, uh, he's diagnosed uh, with having cancer. Uh, and uh, at at the beginning of the film, he's a little downbeat. Um, um, but uh, um, the, the the time that they spend swimming is one of the highlights of their of their day, uh, and they just enjoy just spending time with one another, um, however much time they have left. So this is is what they love to do, uh, but um, as I said, the film also deals with aliens, and the aliens the um, Antarians, uh, who uh, have come back to Earth, you could say, because uh, about 10,000 years ago, prior to the events of the film, um, peaceful aliens, the Antarians, who come from the planet Antaria, had set up an outpost on Earth, on Atlantis, which... If uh, you're familiar familiar with the the uh, the mythology and the uh, and um, the the tale of this uh, island, uh, which is thought to be uh, fictional or and also known as an an allegory on the hubris of uh, nations, um, but uh, it has long been thought that. There was a there was once an island called Atlantis that was on several uh, maps, but that at some point um, it submerged into the Atlantic Ocean, and its people and its culture that was on that uh, were, res were um, inhabitants of this island uh, disappeared. And this is a long-standing legend, and so the the film. Um, postulates that the the island was once an outpost uh, of um, the island of Atlantis was the outpost 
of a group of Antarians. Uh, and when Atlantis sank, um, those who were a part of the, the outpost uh, had to leave, uh, but there wasn't uh, room for every member uh, of the, the Antarians. So 20 Antarians were left behind so that um, the other Antarians could leave the planet. And to sustain them while they were on Earth, they were kept alive in large rock-like cocoons um, that were submerged at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and now, after 10,000 years, a group of Antarians returned to Earth to retrieve their, uh, their comrades. Um, and they do this, the Antarians do this, by disguising themselves as humans. Um, and they end up renting the same house with the swimming pool that uh, the elderly residents, uh, Art, Ben and uh, Joe, have been using regularly to swim. Because the Antarians need a pool uh, with which they will resubmerge the rock-like cocoons that uh, encase their um, alien uh, brethren. And uh, they end up renting the house, which uh, seemingly puts a, an, a stop to the, uh, the trio of elderly residents' plans to swim. Um, but uh, um, the elderly the residents do conclude that uh, if uh, that you know since they've been using the pool for so long then they have more of a right to use it than the the new uh, occupants of the house uh, who are renting the house so they they make a plan to continue to use the the, uh, the pool as long as they don't get caught um, and to accomplish their mission uh, the Antarians who are now disguised as humans decide to charter a boat from a local captain uh, by the name of Jack Boner who's played by Steve Gutenberg and um, the uh, the Antarians uh, are played by um, Brian uh, Denny uh, who plays the character Walter um, Tarnay Welsh plays the character of Kitty um, and uh, Tyrone uh, Power Jr. plays the character of uh, Pillsbury um, and um, these Antarians and there is also a fourth um, uh, Antarian as well um, and they uh, uh, pursue um, uh, Jack, the character Jack, uh, played by Steve Gutenberg, uh, and uh, ask them uh, for his services uh, to charter their boat for um, uh, 20, 27 days, I believe it is, um, uh, so that they can retrieve the 20 members of the um, 
of the Antarian, um, um, on the Antarians who were left in the cocoons uh, at the bottom of the ocean. Um, so uh, they don't, of course, they don't reveal who they are to Jack, because um, um, all they really need is his boat, uh, and they need they, they're willing to pay him as much as he uh, requires, um, and of course to to Jack because um, uh, the the price of mooring his boat at the the local dock there is very expensive, so he needs as much as much money as he can get to continue to keep his uh, business, his charter business going. So he takes this charter um, and instantly Jack has this instant uh, attraction to uh, Kitty, who's one of the, uh, the Antarians. He just believes that they are um, a, a family of cousins. This is at, what is actually explained by Walter. That they are, they're all cousins. They're all staying with each other for a, a very short amount of time. For just under a month. But uh, Jack has an, an instant attraction to Kitty. Um, and as I said. Uh, the residents. The elderly residents. They, they continue to use the pool when the uh, the Antarians aren't there when they're out on the boat um, trying to uh, resubmerge um, um, uh, bring back to the surface the, the cocoons that encase their the uh, their Antarian uh, brethren however when um, they start bringing the cocoons back to the pool and they start putting it into the water uh, the life force um, that uh, emanates from the cocoons and the life force that Walter also infuses into the swimming pool water starts to uh, make the the trio of uh, Joe, Ben and Art feel rejuvenated, feel young, feel... Uh, more virile um, and uh, that they notice this instantly and uh, also the, the character of Joe who as I said he's um, suffering from cancer he starts to feel full of life full of energy as if he was young again and um, these elderly uh, men um, because they feel so rejuvenated and full of life, they go back to their um, their partners, and they um, make them feel uh, good in in their way. It really revitalizes their relationships and their entire lives, and the way that they 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 think and they feel. And it's all as a result of their contact with this alien, this Antarian life force that is emanating from the cocoons and that Walter has infused the, the swimming pool water with. Uh, so they they feel great. Um, um, in fact, the character of, uh, of Ben uh, Luckett, who's played by Wilford uh, uh, Brimley, uh, at the be beginning of the film, uh, 
he goes to have a, his eye test to have his uh, his driving license reissued, and he fails to be able to see the uh, the the letters on the the eye test there. Uh, so he has his um, license re revoked. But after he's been to the swimming pool, uh, which is confused with this Antarian life force, he goes back to get retested, and he's able to see even the smallest of um, of letters on the uh, on the uh, the eye test scale. So his eyesight is completely revitalized as well. Um, and uh, Ben, look, it has a very strong. Um, connection with his grandson David uh, who's played by Barrett Oliver and David spends a lot of time around his his grandfather and his grandfather's friends because he feels like the, the other kids his age just don't understand him he just doesn't feel particularly close to them he doesn't have a connection with them but he has a close connection with his grandfather and uh, his grandfather's friends and so he that's why he spends a lot of time at the retirement home um and uh he, and when um art ben and joe go back to make a plan to go back to the swimming pool they plan to take david with them um as well uh however the, their constant comings and goings back and forth to the pool and the, the fact that um, they start to show that they have they seem to be revitalized and also when they take their partners um, uh, Mary Luckett uh, who's played by Maureen Stapleton Alma Finley um, who is played by Jessica Tandy and Bess McCarthy's played by Gwen Verdon. They also, after being exposed to the, the Antarian life force, start to exhibit um, uh, signs of being rejuvenated also. Uh, one even climbs a tree with her uh, a grandson. Uh, Mary Luckett climbs the tree with her grandson David. Um, and this is seen by the other residents, the other care home residents, such as uh, the character Pops, who's played by Charles Lampkin. So the the jig is up, uh, as you as you as they say. Um, so and they are questioned uh, that they keep sne they sneak off every day. Where do they go to? Have they found the fountain of youth or whatever? Uh, because something has changed. Um, and even the character Joe, his cancer goes into full remission um, to the surprise of, of his wife um, and to his doctor. And he can't believe, like, no one can believe what's happened. But, but it's all as a result of this, this life force that is regenerative, rejuvenating. Um, and uh, it can have a positive effect uh, on people psychologically as well as physically um but uh while uh walter and uh, the other antarians are um attempting to retrieve uh their um their brethren 
uh, Kitty and Jack get closer. And there's, also, there's a moment where Kitty uh, comes back onto the boat and Jack is down uh, trying to make repairs to the, the, the boat's engine. And uh, he spots and he hears that Kitty has come back onto the boat and she's changing into her clothes from her scuba diving uh, uh, attire. And uh, he, because he's a bit of a peeping Tom, he decides to look through a, a hole in the in the hall uh, to another room where Kitty's getting dressed. And um, however, when he does, he sees Kitty not only remove her clothing, but he also sees Kitty remove her skin, uh, her human skin, to expose her true Antarian self, which is this uh, emanating um, energy. She, they, they, the Antarians in their natural form look like they are emanating this intense light and energy, and they're even able to fly. Um, uh, but they, they're humanoid in appearance, but they have no skin, no hair. They're just basically white. Um, uh, and uh, as I say, they emanate energy and light from their life force. Um, so Jack, when Jack sees this, though, he's absolutely shocked. And um, this causes him to... Uh, uh, to go back up onto the onto the, the the deck of the of his boat um and kitty saw him looking so she realizes that jack now knows who she is and who her um the fellow antarians are so she she quickly puts back on her um human um skin uh but there is a a slight uh a slight part of her face where the mask that is her human appearance seems to be uh, slipping and water goes over and has to adjust it so it looks uh, as it's supposed to and Jack is just uh, at this point he's just shocked and um, uncomfortable and uh, he realises that they're not human um, and uh, Walter tries to calm Jack down but Jack ends up jumping off the boat and trying to swim away but then realises that he's in the middle of the ocean so he has no other recourse but to come back onto the boat and talk to Walter and to Kitty and to the, to the other Antarians and basically face up to the reality that uh, he is now in, in the employ of aliens and this is where Walter this is when Walter explains who they are and why they are there. Um, that they mean the earth no harm. They don't mean humanity any harm. They're just there to retrieve these 20 other Antarians. Uh, encased within cocoons at the bottom of the ocean. And then after that, after they've um, um, retrieved them all, then they will leave. And, um, and that's it. Um, and he agrees. Um... And this doesn't dissuade Jack from his attraction to Kitty. Even when he realises who she is, uh, he's still attracted to her. 
Um, but, uh, there is a point when, um, Joe, um, Ben, and Art go back to the pool, uh, to use the pool, uh, and to, to feel rejuvenated once again. Um, and they, they see that, uh, Walter and the other Antarians are coming back from bringing the cocoons back, uh, from the boat. And they, they're, they're still in the, uh, swimming pool, uh, and they just have enough time to get out and to get, go into one of the, uh, the closets there, um, just to, to hide so that they don't be seen. Uh, and they don't get caught out but uh, when they're in there and they're looking out just waiting for Walter and the other Antarians to leave uh, they see the cocoons put into the, the water more cocoons put into the water they see Walter take uh, his hand skin of his hand off and um, uh, infuse the water with his own life force and he sees the uh, Kitty and the other Antarian men um, take their human skin off and expose themselves as being Antarians. But yet again, as with Jack, Kitty notices that there are that the the elderly residents are in the in the closet, and she instantly flies over to them, and they freak out. Uh, they run away, um, and uh, they go back to the, the resident residential home, retirement home, and they explain this to the uh, the CNAs that work there, the, the, the people that uh, uh, the care care workers that who work there, and they end up calling the police. The police go around to see Walter, um, asking them uh, whether they are really aliens. Because and he just brushes them off saying oh it's just stories of these elderly uh, people they don't know what they're talking about you know just tries to push it off um, um, and because no one believes them because why would you you know um, but because this they are, they were discovered um, they cannot return to the pool um and as a result of them not being exposed to the, the rejuvenating life force of the Antarians, um, Joe, Joe starts to feel um, worse, um, as if his cancer is coming back. Um, and uh, this is when um, Ben, the character Ben, decides to go to Walter and ask him for his permission for them to use the pool because Joe is dying of cancer and that, that the, the life force within the pool is helping him and making him feel better so they he just wants him to, to agree that they could just use it they won't touch the cocoons they agree they won't touch the cocoons just allow them to use the pool whenever they would like um, and uh, they do, um, and they keep going back to the pool and being rejuvenated and youthful. Um, but 
um, as I say, the other kit, the other retirement uh, home residents keep seeing them go back and forth. Um, Kitty and Jack get even closer, and they decide to share their mutual affection for one another by making love in the pool. Um, but Kitty uh, explains that they don't make love like humans do, uh, and they do so in a manner in which they share life force. Antarians make love by sharing their life force with one another. Um, so they, both Kitty and Jack, uh, are, go in the pool, and Kitty lets out a burst of energy while she's still in her human form, um, and shares a, a burst of life force uh, from her, and uh, and she sees it. Uh, Expelled and then shoot straight into Jack, which makes him feel uh, uh, very, very good. Uh, let's just say. Um, but uh, the, the other care home, the other retirement home residents, as I say, their suspicions have have reached uh, reached their the pinnacle, and. Um, As a result of watching Ben's wife Mary climb a tree, as I say, um, and uh, after um, the the character Bernie uh, Lefkowitz, who's played by Jack Guilford, uh, who doesn't agree with what uh, Ben, Joe, and Art have been doing, going back to the pool, uh, they even take um, they even take. Uh, Bernie with them to the pool but he doesn't want to go in there he doesn't uh, he doesn't have um, he doesn't trust these cocoons he doesn't trust all this energy he's very much a, a downer as a he's he's completely the opposite of his of his friends and he doesn't want any part of it uh, but he goes along with them and um, uh, he's in fact the the one who uh, it's uh, we, we're made to believe that uh, let the the truth about the the pool out to other uh, of the other retirement home residents, um, and uh, when the care home, uh, the residential, the uh, retirement residents uh, realise uh, that the this so-called fountain of youth this pool of youth is in fact in the pool neck in the um the home next door they uh, a great number of them end up uh going there and breaking down the uh the iron gate and rushing into the pool to try and feel the effects of the life force within it just as um joe art and ben did um but and while they're in there, they are splashing in the water. They uh, they feel the effects immediately, and even a couple of them try and get one of the cocoons out of the pool, and they start banging it against the the side of the pool. And this is this happens just as Walter comes back onto shore from the, the boat. He goes into the pool house. He sees what these elderly residents are doing and he just screams 
and he tells them all to leave because what they have done because what they have done has effectively uh, drained the cocoons of all of their life force and uh, we see there's a very sad scene where uh, we see Walter remove uh, the outer shell of one of the the cocoons and there is one of the Antarians in there but they look um, older and they look um, malnourished and um, they look like they're they're dying and in fact two two of the Antarians do die uh, as a result of all the energy that was infused into the water that was supposed to help them regenerate um, yeah because of all the Aussie residents going into the pool it completely dried up all the energy in the life force and uh, this causes two of them to die um, and later that same evening we find Bernie uh, talking to his wife uh, Rose uh, who's played by her to wear and um, they they don't do what the other residents do um, but uh, Rose is in bed um, and she has uh, memory loss and Alzheimer's uh, maybe and um, she's in bed and she's talking about Bernie and talking about their, how they used to be when they were younger um, and this is when uh, Rose actually dies well Bernie's out of the room he goes back into get her medicine comes back in and uh, Rose dies um, and after this Bernie believing that the, the, the swimming pool might be able to rejuvenate his wife uh, carries Rose's body to the pool house into the pool and tries to rejuvenate her bring her back to life um, but and he's in tears it's a very heartbreaking scene and we see Walter come in and he sees Bernie and Bernie pleads with Walter help to help him to bring back his wife but Walter says that the pool no longer works because the re the other residents had have drained all the life force and um, that he's sorry but it won't work um, and he also says that that the, the cocoons they will not be able to survive their trip back to Ontario um, and that they will have to stay here on earth um, so um, his mission um, has failed um, and uh, Ben goes to Walter and he, he, he apologises for everything, for the trouble that he's caused um, and for the fact that um, Walter won't be able to bring his Ontarian brethren with them when they return to Ontario and Walter says that there may not be time to return the Ontarians to the ocean because they have to leave tomorrow um, but uh, Ben says that we'll help you so Ben and Art and Joe and uh, Mary and Alma and Bess 
uh, they all agree to to help uh, Kitty and Walter and the other Antarians to return the cocoons to the ocean uh, by transporting them on Jack's boat um, and uh, they submerge them into the ocean into a place that looks like a, a sunken city where a, a lost civilization once was which of course uh, is uh, depicted as being Atlantis um, and on their way back to the shore uh, Walter um, as a thanks for all the help that they've given them Walter offers to take some of the uh, retirement community residents with them when they return to Antaria and that they say they can take um, Ben and Art and Joe and their wives and 30 others with them uh, and explains that where they're going they will never grow old they will never get sick and they will never die um, and most of the residents accept this offer um, but Bernie uh, chooses not to um, he says that he's going to stay stay on earth um, but one of the heartbreaking things for Ben is that he has to break this news to his grandson David um, because they are, as I say they're very close they like to go fishing with one another they spend a lot of time with each other and that he has to explain that they're going to be leaving go to outer space and that they may not see each other again uh, and David uh, agrees to keep this a secret um, but on the night when they're supposed to leave the residents try to break out of their residential home um, and David because he's very upset uh, he's confronted by his mother Susan uh, who's played by Linda Harrison uh, who is uh, the uh, the the daughter of both Ben and Mary and David breaks down and he tells his mother where his where her parents are going um, and what is going to happen and she goes to the, the retirement home um, she asks to to see some of the other residents there to make sure that they're okay but then when the uh, the staff there go to check on the other residents they notice that a lot of the residents have left their room they're no longer there so they call the police and then there is this major search party set up by the the police and the coast guard to try and locate um, the residents who are now on Jack's boat with Walter and the other Antarians and they are on their way to get retrieved by an alien spacecraft this Antarian spacecraft that is on its way to retrieve them uh, uh, while they're still on the boat uh, and on the ocean and Jack's boat is chased by the Coast Guard um, and they're surrounded by boats one which has um, Susan on uh, because David when he sees the boat uh, leaving and pulling away from the dock he races after the boat and he jumps onto the boat to try and see his grandparents for the, the last time and says that he wants to go with them uh, but Ben and Mary say to him Dave you've got to stay you can't come with us um, so um, and while they're being chased um, 
David says a very tearful goodbye, a very sad scene when he says goodbye to his grandparents. And then he jumps off the boat into the water, um, and then the Coast Guard, uh, one of the boats is able to pick him up and reunite him with his mother Susan. Um, and this gives the boat uh, with the Antarians and the other elderly residents on a chance to get away. And in space, uh, an Antarian ship has approached. Uh, it's coming into the Earth's atmosphere from orbit, and they, as they descend uh, into into Earth, uh, they um, generate some electrical energy that uh, stirs up a huge um, fog uh, to be generated on the ocean so that they can descend without being seen by the Coast Guard or by any authorities. Um, and then the Antarian ship descends and it locks on to Jack's ship uh, with a beam of light, uh, like a tractor beam, uh, that is, will be able to lift up the, the boat with all the uh, elderly residents on it and bring it into its ship. Um, just before the the boat uh, is pulled into the Antarian ship completely, uh, Walter uh, pays Jack for all of his services and gives him his thanks for his his assistance. Um, then Jack uh, embraces uh, Kitty for the last time and they share a kiss and uh, um, then they they bid uh, a farewell to one another. Um, in which uh, Jack says, uh, may the force be with you, which is a great nod to uh, Star Wars, um, which is no surprise because Ron Howard is a great Star Wars fan, and he also ended up directing a Star Wars film um, a couple of years ago called Solo. Um, yeah, so then Jack uh, jumps off his boat um, in, uh, and finds himself on an inflatable raft that has been put out onto the, the ocean. Um, and then the boat, his boat, rises up into the Antarian vessel. Um, and then Jack watches his boat disappear, uh, go into the ship, and then depart. Um, and then after this, um, uh, some days or perhaps a week after, back on Earth, uh, a funeral is being held um, on the beach. Um, to remember all of the missing residents that are thought to have uh, died at sea on on that boat because they uh, they were never found, never recovered. And during the sermon, uh, David, um, the the grandson of uh, of Ben and Mary, um, played by the great uh, Barrett Oliver, uh, he looks up to the sky and he smiles because he knows that the residents didn't die, they're still out there, they're on their way to a another world, uh, another alien civilization. And right at the end of the film, uh, we see the same Antarian vessel that took the elderly residents with them, uh, approaching a bright-looking object, uh, which... Uh, we assume could be some uh, faster than light um, portal or um, entrance to some other dimension 
that will lead them directly to the planet of Antaria. And that's how the film ends. And um, yeah, I just want to reiterate again what a incredible, incredible film uh, Cocoon is, and so um, emotional as well. I have to say, um, the the screenplay as written by Tom uh, Benedek and David uh, uh, Sapir Stein um, is absolutely it's. A wonderful beautiful film and I don't know if it's just me but every time I watch it I'm overcome with emotion because of mainly because of the the, the music um, because as I say it's so stirring um, uh, James Horner's music is so stirring that it's it really does over overcome all of the senses and it's so um, so wonderful but um also that the story um and the um the 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 acting is just brilliant it's a great concept for a story to have these um antarians this alien civilization who's capable of living forever come to earth to retrieve their uh brethren and encounter these elderly um, residents and to give them a chance of a new life of um, a second chance so that they can they can go to Anteria and share their own stories with other people and share fragments of their civilization their life with others and invigorate um, another civilization because of their um, the un- uniqueness of them human the human life and uh, I think it's a, an incredible film, very profound, um, and it's a film that I, I love um, for so many reasons. The music, the story, the acting, and all of the actors, uh, from uh, Don um, uh, Ameshi, uh, Wilford Brimley, uh, Hume uh, Cronin, Brian Denny, uh, Jack Guilford, Steve Gutenberg, Maureen Stapleton, Jessica Tandy, Gwen Verdon, Herta Ware, Tarni Welsh, uh, Linda Harrison. All great actors who uh, appeared in some great films over the years. And for me, this is just a wonderful, heartwarming film that uh, just makes you feel good. Uh, but it also um, is very emotional. And I always get overcome with emotion when I watch it, um, because to me it's just incredible. Um, and I just, I just love the film a lot, and uh, it's one that I, I love to rewatch every now and again, because um, it really just speaks to things that I hold dear to my heart and things that I believe in. That you know, um, and uh, yeah, I think it's one of the the best. Uh, one of the best science fiction films ever made, uh, in fact, um, and it's uh, most definitely one of the most emotional science fiction films ever made. Uh, but it's also very entertaining, uh, funny as well, and uh, and uh, as I say, great music in it, great soundtrack. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we'll leave it there for now. Uh, even though I think I could talk about the film. Uh, detail by detail 
over and over again all day long but uh, I'll save you that and just uh, bring the episode to a close by just saying once again if you haven't seen Cocoon um, or if you, you have seen it but you haven't seen it perhaps since you were uh, since you were a kid or since for a long time um, as I say it came out in 1985 so it's a possibility you might not have seen it for quite a while but uh, if you ever get the opportunity to watch it if it's ever on TV wherever you are or if you see it um, being sold uh, a bargain price uh, on DVD or on Blu-ray or if you see it online on a streaming service don't hesitate to check it out and to watch it and to uh, fall in love with it um, maybe even fall in love with it over again like I, I do every time I watch it um, and just uh, make the most of the, the wonderful spectacle of the music, story and the acting that is uh, ever present throughout but uh, yeah I think I'm going to leave it there for now uh, I just want to say thank you for listening I uh, hope you like what you heard and I'll talk to you again soon If you like what you heard in uh, this episode of uh, the Mark Hastings Experience, um, and if you want to check out some more of my poetry, um, then you uh, you can head over to markthepoet.me, uh, which is my website, and you'll find uh, lots of the poems that I've written over the years. Um, if you want to uh, check out some of my poetry uh, in uh, a book form, uh, and go to Amazon and you'll find um, all 10 of my books that I've had published. Um, they're all books of poetry, um, uh, books of stories, uh, books of uh, memories and uh, experiences. Um, and there'll be more to come. And uh, if you would love to um, contribute uh, to... Uh, to the podcast then you can do so by heading over to patreon and searching for mark the poet and uh your uh, your support would be greatly appreciated um but uh as i was saying i hope you liked what you heard in this uh episode um and i'll talk to you again soon